Well, I'm here. <laughs> I got the thumbs up. So apparently we're we're live. No, we're we're <laughs> hot. We're the, the mics are hot. Hello, oh, hello. Hey, Is this on? Hey, what's up, Philip? Not much, man. It's good to see you. <laughs> it's good to Sorry, see you too. know, I, I always forget that when I'm doing the recording, I have to hit some buttons. I actually have to click around on some things. Yeah, it's not automatic like everything these days. Can't just think <laughs> it. It's not like a just connection. Can't say here. Alexa or Hey Siri or whatever. Oh it no! Is. Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't ever say those words in this house. Everything, <laughs> the walls the come whole, alive. The whole house starts talking it to just you. Just buzzing and vibrating. <laughs> what? What do you want? Yes. I'm starting to picture these virtual assistants like they're uh, just just waiting in anticipation, right? Like say it, say it. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Right. Just wait. Say the fucking name. <laughs> Just sitting there. Well, on that note. Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious. Join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. What's up to all of our listeners, or listener, or whoever's out there? You guys have tuned into Neighbors Don't Knock, the podcast where good neighbors such as ourselves drop by for some fun banter, some great conversations, and, you know, just whatever might come up. What's going on, Philip? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if we just NDK, NDK, NDK? And boof. <laughs> and all of a sudden, wow. Yeah. I'm all for that. I, th uh, I think we have plural listeners. I, I hope we have plural listeners. Yeah. I think there's more than one. I think that some of my family feels guilty, so they, they listen out of a, you know, well, deep, hey, deep old Catholic guilt. Guilt's the best way, right? <laughs> but if you guys are tuning in for the first time, we want to thank you. You can find our podcast on social media. You can get it on any platform that you listen to your podcast. So download previous episodes. We've had some fantastic guests uh, come on the show. It's been wonderful. In fact, last week... I really encourage you guys to go check out last week's episode. We had the incredibly talented duo from Mommy Tonk, Shannon Noel and Stacey Burroughs. They, they were a blast. We love them so much. Uh, just a shout out to you guys. What's up? Yeah, they had me in stitches. That was a really fun episode. I'm still listening to their stuff. I, I love them. And, and like I said in the podcast, go back and check it out. But I, I said this in the podcast, and I truly mean it. I, my new best friends. Like instantly. I know. I... Literally felt really horrible wanting to text them. You know, in fact, I was looking for any reason to be like, hey, Stacy, we need more social media stuff. Just to, just to send a text and be like, what's up? What's going on? That sounds so wonderfully desperate. I know, you know right? What you do? And yeah, I know. Have you ever had that friend, though? I don't think so. Sorry. I guess if I have to ask that question, I should know that that's me. It's a good game. Drink. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> I know. Uh, well, uh, how have you been doing this week, man? I've been okay. I pulled my back out. Doing what, or just is this a reoccurring injury? It's a reoccurring injury. So at this point in my life, it comes down to doing what? Oh, reaching for a coffee mug or tying my shoes. In this particular situation, it was reaching for my coffee mug, and just done. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's coming around, but it takes time. There was a day or two where I literally couldn't tie my shoes. I couldn't get my socks on. Ouch. Yeah. Man, do you need to put in one of those stair elevators? 
you know, the, when the, the, the clips the on the rail. Yeah, <laughs> the one that goes on the railing <laughs> and is all the way up. I have an eight-year-old. Could you imagine? That would be horrible. Would you up and down and It'd up It would be like down. a ride. Wouldn't matter how slow it is either. The thing moves like, you know, negative two miles per hour. And she'd be like, <laughs> wee! <laughs> dad, dad, look, look, look. I'm on the thing again. Yes, honey, I know. <laughs> get off the thing. Daddy has to go upstairs. I mean, and, and I know you get things like that to help you when you need assistance for either an injury or you get older and just there's things that are easier to do with assistance. But there's some times that I want to go to the store and get in one of those little buggies, the little motor cart buggies and drive around the store and just like, yeah, I was about to say it's it's just like the buggies. And for the people that do need them, they're beautiful. You're right. I mean, they're probably a life changing godsend that I'm grateful that those devices and those companies that make them exist all right, well, I'm glad you're getting back to being normal. Thanks, bud. So, and speaking of normal, the rest of the world is trying to get back to being normal. We're not there, we're not close, but we're on the road. Like, we know we know which exit it is. It was a metaphor with a 1A. Got it. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I, I'm following you now. I'm with you. I'm with you, but... Therefore, it's exit 1A. <laughs> exit 1A. I always hate that. When I'm driving, and they're like, take exit 1C or whatever, and whatever it is, it's like hidden. Or it's so it comes up on you so fast that all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that was it. Yeah, my favorite pet peeve with exits is the ones that suddenly do like a hairpin immediate turn the second that you you turn off and it's blind and there's no warnings whatsoever. So you're fucking like cooking down I-10 at 85 miles an hour. You exit and then you get the sign. It's like 15 mile per hour only. Whoa, cars. Yes, I'm going 65, 70 miles an hour. Let me slam my brakes to go down to 40. Right, instantly. you're just trying not to die. Yeah, exactly. Playing Mario Kart. Oh, my gosh, what, what a great game. If that was only, if if life was only as good as Mario Kart, where you had, like, a little red shell, and be like, see a cop, pew! <laughs> just yeah. knock him off the road. Banana peel. It's like, exactly, banana peel. Let me have my star. Jink! <laughs> just rubbin's racing, bud. So before we get back to the conversation about being on this road, this metaphorical road towards uh, Oh, that's right. We did start this with a metaphor. Right. So before we, before we circle back, see, I'm still doing it. Circle back. Before <laughs> we, <laughs> do you have a favorite classic video game? Yes, I do, actually. Technobull. Technobull. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the Technobull. I also liked Excite Bike. I was about to say, mine's Excite Bike. Excite Bike was pretty cool. Uh, Mario is always fun, but those were always a blast. And then, of course, my... Coup de gras, Mike Tyson's punch out. Indeed, we've discussed that before on the yeah, show. Yeah, we have. I, I love that. I could only get to a certain level. So you, okay, <laughs> but so you, I so love you had that a, game. Yes, yeah, so you obviously had an, a Nintendo, a classic Nintendo. Did I, you have I a did. Super Nintendo? I never had a Super Nintendo. In fact, my dad threw out our Nintendo. I think you've told me that. Yeah, remind we've had, me why. We've had this. Con- we've had this conversation. We just played it too much. So he decided, you know, that's it. Well, our house got struck by lightning or lightning struck close to our house. And so everything shorted that was plugged into an outlet. And so the Nintendo didn't work. So my dad got another one. And my brother and I, you know, before games could save, you had to either leave it on or go get the game genie to like skip ahead to whatever level, right? The game genie. Yeah, you had to, oh, you remember yeah. that? So if you didn't have that, you'd have to just leave the thing on and then come back to it, just turn the TV off and then come back when you're ready to go. So we had this thing about playing the game Rampage. And Rampage didn't have any codes or things to save on and you would just go and destroy every level until you completed the United States and that's when the game would end. 
So we just left it on and just would go back and play it over and like for so long. And my, you know, I mean, there was other stuff we do, but my dad got so apparently got so mad at us and we weren't doing homework and all this other stuff. So he just picked it up, threw it in the trash. I mean, just imagine what our faces were like. It's just ghost white, like. <gasps> those are actually worth money now. Yeah. So, yeah, so we, we had we had two, but we never got upgraded to the Super Nintendo. We ended up with my dad ended up getting a PlayStation for us. Oh, so you, you switched teams. Yeah. D- d- years later, though. And so the f- the first original PlayStation that came out. That so took, what was your favorite PlayStation game? I liked the snowboarding game. That was pretty cool. But, you know, I, I actually didn't like PlayStation all that much because it took so long for everything to load up. It was like a computer game. But, yeah, I mean, we never had any major consoles besides those two. It wasn't until I got into college that my roommates, you know, pooled together. Or I used to go to a buddy's house, you know. Like like every every kid who didn't have a game console, you'd go to your friend's or whoever's house had it, and you'd play there. Yeah. See, I've never been a really big video game guy. I, I had a Nintendo, then I had a Super Nintendo. I... I'm sure I logged some serious brain-damaging hours on both of them, but nothing like my friends did. And, and when I finally went off to the college-age stuff, I really never touched them. In fact, when I got my license to drive, I completely stopped playing video games altogether. I just didn't have time. Because I'd rather be standing in a parking lot somewhere talking to friends and chain-smoking cigarettes or whatever. <laughs> I had all the time in the world. I just, I just chose to go do something else that was destructive and bad for my brain. You know, I would watch people play video games. Like, I watched people play Final Fantasy X when it was a big deal. Dude, how do you do that? I, that's so boring to me. You know, I, I was in Ithaca, New York. It's really cold. It's really snowy. <laughs> it's like, so they go outside, freeze, or sit here and watch yeah, them play kind Final of a Fantasy. kind of a captive audience situation <laughs> when it really comes down to it. Well, that's well played. Well played. Okay, I, I totally get that. I just can't do that. In fact, more recently, I say more recently, but a couple years ago, my wife... A friend of ours, or that we are friends, I guess, friends with, was selling all of their things because they were moving. And they had a Xbox. So my wife got it, I guess, super cheap, or they just gave it to us or whatever. And she got it for me. I mean, she doesn't play video games. <laughs> and I, I think she instantly regretted giving it to me. And as soon as Honey, that it's three o'clock in the morning, <laughs> come to bed. And I think as soon as it busted, though, it, I never was moved to go out and get another. How do you break an Xbox? Just playing it too much? Like, what did you do to this poor thing? No, it was just, I think it's just over time. Your dog peed on it. <laughs> That's got to be the answer. <laughs> yes, my, my dog just didn't like it. Oh, he, wait, he was Microsoft, working with my wife. <laughs> Microsoft makes the Xbox, right? Yes, Microsoft makes the okay, Xbox. Okay, that explains why it broke. Never oh, mind. okay. Well, it, it was used to begin with, and so maybe I just played it too much. You know, that might be why I don't play video games, because I'm a bit obsessive. My personality, I get very, very into things. I get really, you know, every every little hobby I've ever stumbled into throughout my life has been a very deep, very dark rabbit hole. And, you know, I can't help myself. I start researching everything, and I go all in, and, you know, I want to learn every little bit about it. So maybe video games, maybe like instinctly, it's like cocaine, right? I just know, okay, I don't want to touch that one. Because it um, there's no coming back, you know. That's, that's true. I could I could see you at all hours like getting sucked I into would be. yeah 
uh, to be honest, I could see you getting sucked into something like Call of Duty or even one of those race games. Or more like a race game, more likely. But I would definitely be the kind of person who would be researching, you know, the history of the game and like design schematics and how they came up with. Bleh. See, just I, go forever. I, I'm just horrible at most video games. I think that's part of it, right? So that's the reason I choose not to. And I've tried with my little brother. You know, even especially like Call of Duty or those, you know, war games or things like that. And he's like shooting things all over the place. And I'm like running into a wall. <laughs> like, how do I get out of here? You know, yeah, I'm feeling, like a, feeling like a moron. I'm just like, just take me back to the arcade. Put me in one of those driving games that's a lot more fun or give me the joystick, you know. Did you give yourself Nintendo thumb from playing so much where like your hands hurt and you got like the calluses and. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. And you know, it's so funny because when you go back years later as an adult and you hold one of those Nintendo controllers, it feels like... They're itty-bitty. Yes, it feels like you're going to break it just by having your hand. Like you're, It's almost like your knuckles are touching just to press the buttons. And you're sitting there, was it always this small? Yeah, I had it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's the not, controller. The yeah. controller. Let me clarify. Yeah, Brian, that's not call of duty. That's call it duty. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have actually. In fact, when I was uh well, I don't know, my early thirties. I like I like that I can say that now with such past tense. When I uh, when I was your age. When I was in my early thirties, I came across um an original Game Boy. And I got to hold on to the Game Boy and like hold on to the game cartridges. You know, like eight pounds. Well, yeah, I mean, there's that. The game console. There's that, but but it's so small. You're, the controller is so small, and the little cartridges are teeny tiny, right? And I'm like, it felt huge. Yeah, it felt huge. Well, it's like those little like poker game, cheap, you know, little games that you can go yeah. digital things. That they're yeah. just tiny. You know? I did have a Game Boy. I, I didn't have the colored Game Boy that came later. I had the original Game Boy, and I remember having all these like accessories that went along with that, the carrying case game cartridge organizers that had their own carrying case and all my parents was like what are you a fucking photographer like what's the matter with you <laughs> carrying all this put crap? in your bag and okay go. national geographic get in the fucking car <laughs> we're late you know well i mean you had to feel normal with that because everybody else had it i think that's what it was I've, i feel bad for my parents i don't know if kids today put the same pressure on parents as we did in the 80s and 90s to like have everything that our friends had oh i bet they do as much as we say Things were different in my time. I think things are exactly the same. There's See, I was trying to be more hopeful about it. I was hoping that today's better than in our time. <laughs> I, I don't think it's better or worse. I, I just don't think a lot has changed. It's just that now you're going to get to experience it as, an, as a parent, you know, versus when you were the kid letting your parents experience it from you. I get it from my kid already to a certain extent. It's just a little, it's a little bit different than when I was her age. So for her, it's, oh, you know, so-and-so has an, a phone, and it's really not a phone. It's like some ancient third-generation iPhone that can't connect to shit and barely works, but some kid has it. It makes noises right? and sounds. It makes noises. You can play an yeah. app, still works on it. And she gets, oh, why can't I have a phone? And it takes me all of, I don't know, two minutes to get myself out of that conversation and get her distracted and onto something else, and then we just move on. And I don't hear about it again for, like, a month. Look, squirrel. Totally. What's over there? <laughs> um, you know. But I, I remember distinctly in the late 80s when I was eight, nine years old, my desire to have the cool thing that X little friend of mine had was very, very strong, and I, I couldn't get rid of it. 
For example, my first Nintendo, I got that because a friend had one, and I went over and played it. And then for like four months, mom, dad, seriously, like we have to have it. We have to have a Nintendo. Everyone has a Nintendo. Why don't we have a Nintendo? Who you should play Nintendo? You know, <laughs> it's just like all over them. You know, I, I like I said, I think it's normal for kids to to be like that, no matter who they are. I just I think that's just the way it is. Is anything normal anymore, though? I mean, has 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 2020 into 2021 changed every aspect of normal? We have a new normal, to be honest with you. I mean, there's all the kinds of crazy things. I mean, we've had a pandemic Fuck for that. another year. Things are, I feel, and we've talked about this a little bit, finally kind of coming out of it. Well, there we go. See, that. therefore, therefore, see, I'm down with that. It's not a new normal. It's that we had something completely on tilt, and we're heading... Back to normal. This whole new normal thing, I cannot be on board with that statement. I just can't. No, new I, norm, no, I, I, no. I think I think there's I adjustments that are going to be made. There's been some adjustments in my bank account, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, right? Thank you, COVID-19. Okay, example. A lot of flights now are starting to resell the middle seat. They're still requiring people to wear masks, and eventually the mask thing will come down, but this idea of having a health screening before flights... I, I could see that as being part of what back to our normalcy, but that being included. You know, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't change into a, let's put air quotes on this new normal, right? Yeah, that, fair that, enough. That, there's just certain things that are adjusted, in my opinion. Private companies are going to do whatever they have to do. So well, cruise yeah. lines and airlines, we, we know you're going you're gonna to have little passports to show you've been vaccinated. That's how that's going to go. Fine, that that's fine. You want to give the people their their choice, their freedom to choose and things like that. So awesome, great. But it, what starts to get me is when people take it to this extreme extent, and we've seen that because they're sick of the mask, they're sick of the quote unquote new normal or the you know the the pandemic era. They're ready to get back to their way of life before all of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Do you see this dude in Disney that got arrested? Disney Springs for uh, I, refusing I heard, to get his... I heard about that, yeah. but, I, but I, I didn't read the article. Oh, you're, the, the, the synopsis is, allegedly, he refuses to get his uh, temperature checked because, you know, I spent all this money, therefore I deserve not to have my temperature checked to be in your restaurant. And the restaurant told him he has to leave in Disney Springs at the resort, and he refused. So they came and they arrested him for trespassing. It's like, well, <laughs> what did you think was going to happen, man? Duh, yeah. I, like, I'm sorry, so you need to leave. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, like they're just going to be like, no problem. You yeah. <laughs> will accept that answer. Yeah. You're, you're up in the friendly skies. What, are you going to turn this plane around? Um, we're turning the plane around, sir. <laughs> and the air marshals. Yes, yeah, there'll be some up. nice people waiting for you when we land. Yeah, I think that, that people, to your point, get very righteous. Oh, that's a good right. word. I, I like I like the way you phrase that. Because it's not just with all of this pandemic stuff. This goes far beyond that. Even when we before the pandemic, I kind of felt that there was this sense of and maybe this is just my age creeping in and starting to <laughs> see and starting to see well, starting to see things a little differently, you know, sure. because I'm sitting there going, Wow, you know, what's the big deal about having someone check your temperature? Is it hurting? Is it going to hurt you? Right. Is We're not it, talking rectally here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir. Bend over, please. <laughs> I mean, that, know, it may be a little embarrassing to do that. I get that. Yeah. I understand the No the one's pushback. asking you to turn your head and cough in front of, in front of the hostess stand, you know? <laughs> the doctor's got a Mickey glove on. 
<laughs> it's sanitized, don't worry. Oh, yeah. Just cough for me. <laughs> Actually, if, if it's going to be an anal probe, it'd be much more fun if, if it was... Uh, Pluto? No, it'd be much more fun if it was Warner Brothers, right? Oh. So you get like Marvin the Martian. <laughs> it is a Q36 space modulator. Yes, Marvin the Martian. God, you almost sound like Fraggle Rock. Uh, it's <laughs> oh, from like Fraggle yeah, no, Rock. You they know? all they were all they're probably all the same voice actors. It could have been. It could have been. Frank yeah. Oz doing everything. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Fraggle Rock, my favorite communist show in the eighties. There um, you go. Yeah, but I mean, you got all these people with this righteous sense, and and especially you know, in Disney. I mean, really, what's it hurting? What's it really hurting? But it's on both sides. Let's let's not take one stance on this. It, there's also a lot of righteousness that comes from you have to wear a mask when you're sitting at home watching television. There, there's all sorts of, uh, of of chest thumping on all sides of every debate around. Oh, this absolutely. I I think it's the problem is that right now we're at a time where no one wants to be in the middle. And it's or those that are, it's very few and far between. Well, yeah, and from a business standpoint, you can't be. The liability is going to wind up being so huge. That's why this whole decision by Governor Abbott in Texas to sign an executive order saying that state agencies cannot ask you to be vaccinated or if you've been vaccinated and all that stuff and can't deny you services for not being vaccinated, that's all well and good. But you bet your bottom dollar, any airline, the boat service, the buses, all that, the liability will be huge. Can you imagine if if United Airlines decides, okay, you know, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, come on aboard, then someone gets COVID and dies and they can prove they've caught it on some flight because United let non-vaccinated. There's no way. I think it goes back to as simple as when we were in grade school, when the teacher gave you a choice, you felt empowered because you had a choice. But give them a choice is like, okay, well, in in our our temperature taking citizen, say, okay, we can take your temperature with this little temperature gun and not touch you, or we could do the anal probe. Your choice. <laughs> you know, which do you think he's gonna choose? You know, you know, but he'll feel empowered when he says, I'll take the one that doesn't touch me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe he likes that. Maybe maybe, maybe he'll go for the anal Yeah, you never, <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> oh, it feels good. Yeah. Man, handle me. That's why I come to Disney. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now I have a weird sense of looking at doctors with the Mickey gloves. Now these giant white hands, and I'm just like, Doc, don't don't even come near me now. Do you think the muscle would be Donald Duck? No, the muscle would be Pete. All right, it, gonna... it'd be Goofy's Goofy's. Uh, Buddy, I'm gonna me- I'm gonna mess you up for life right now. Ready? Because I know you're a visual uh, person. Uh, again, you're very, you're, again. Yeah, you're very creative. <laughs> you're very imaginative. All right, hit me. One floor was the cuckoo's nest. Recast with all Disney characters. Oh wow! I don't know. Be a joy. Wouldn't it be a wow, joy? Wow, that would be interesting. It'd be a really twisted, wonderful thing to see. That would be really cool. Do you know who would who would you have cast? You have to have all the main characters, but. As far as which of them would play which character in the book or the movie, man, I don't know. You don't know. You you just leave it just open-ended for just as long as it was Disney characters. As long as it was Disney characters, yeah. Okay, that would be very interesting. I'd be curious. I prefer classic Disney characters. We shouldn't go to the new ones. I'm not talking about, like, Frozen and all that. I'm talking... Give me the plant, Captain. (laughs) Hey, you leave the steering wheel from Wally out of this, okay? He's my bud. He's my bro. I know you guys have a deep connection. 
give me the blend, Captain. <laughs> no. Uh, for those of you that don't understand that reference, you have to go back and check out our episode of Glowing Up Disney, where we chose our favorite Disney villains. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, there's this big sense of being back and being normal. And I mean, what are you going to do with this newfound freedom <laughs> of no mask when it, when it happens? Do you feel that there's going to be a massive celebration in the streets? Yes. Like, like D-Day or something? No, because I think it's going to happen state by state and slow rollout. I think that there's definitely going to be celebrations happening in, in small spaces like restaurants and bars and, and theaters. Proud to be maskless kind of Oh, see, I, I think it's going to be a, a bigger deal, at least with the businesses. I, I think there's going to be a lot more hoopla of almost like it's a, its own holiday or something like that. Party <laughs> you know? raw. Yeah, exactly. Turn, <laughs> turning your mask, get beads. <laughs> Oh, man, what a crock. I, I will say this, though. What is kind of cool about getting back to quote-unquote normal, whatever you want to define it as, as we get back into the real swing of things, movie theaters and entertainment is coming back. And to me, that's, first of all, exciting. Well, for you professionally, that's huge. Professionally, obviously. it's huge. But I guess I'm more or less thinking about movie theaters and just other forms of entertainment in general. You know, okay. Live music. Things like that. I'm sure everyone's thirsty for that kind of thing. Absolutely. And this brings me to a question. So we've discussed this on the show before. One of the things that I love to do more than many things in life is I absolutely love going to the movies on my own. It's my decompression time. I like to go sit there, get a bag of popcorn, a drink if you're in that kind of theater, and just relax. You don't get candy? You got, you got to get the popcorn? I never get candy. Yeah. I'm not a big candy guy. I get um, the Twizzlers. Okay, fair I, enough. I get the I get the Twizzlers. I want to go back to movie theaters now. I haven't been. I have not been once throughout the pandemic. I'm going to hold myself back. I'm going to wait to my uh, two weeks after my second dose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second that I hit that mark, I almost don't care what's playing. I'm going to go order my happy ass well, some beware popcorn. What you, beware what you say. Sit in a theater. How about you? When When will you feel comfortable to go sit as an audience member in a theater? Well, I, I'm like you. I, I don't mind going to the movies by myself. And I don't know when I'm going to To be honest, I can't give you a, a time frame. But what I can say is I'm hopeful that the movie industry is has used this time to revamp how movies and movie theater, the movie-going experience can be. You know what I mean? Because it used to be when you go to the movies, it was a big deal. It's a date night, and it became so casual, which is great that you can afford to go see a big movie, but it's just like, yeah, you don't want to pay big bucks. But I liked having that, an actual experience. Yeah, I'm with you. You you know what I mean? I I don't necessarily say it needs to cost a fortune to go to the movies, but I wouldn't mind if they upped it a little bit to give you a better experience instead of it's 10 bucks to go, and then you just blow a crap load of money on food. You yeah, know, yeah. because then you get the, the self-righteous, well, I paid for a ticket that people that don't care. No, I'm with you, man. When you know I, what I mean? When I was growing up, you dressed up to fly. You dressed up to go to the movies. You uh, like up. going to the theater, right? Absolutely. You, you put on something. You you may not be in a tuxedo, but you're going to put on something a little nicer, no, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? I'm not talking going double-breasted with a little, you know, <laughs> I mean, fucking <laughs> pin for whatever political party you're a member of our country. You know, hello. You know. <laughs> no, right. but, but, but yeah, definitely, you know, nice pair of jeans, a decent shirt for movie theaters for flying it for me it was nice pair of jeans and like an actual 
collared shirt when I flew when I was a kid and, and going to the theater, the theater was a real deal. We used to dress for the theater, really dress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember having to, to wear like a sport coat or something at, at one point, you know, for, for certain things. But, but the movie-going experience, I'm hoping they're taking this time to be like, well, what can we do to make this more fun? And I'm not talking 4D and 3D and all that kind of stuff. No. I mean, I, 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 that's already there. I, I get Those that. seats that zap your ass. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I want that, you know, they should. I'm going to be disappointed if I go to a movie in the next month and the floor is still sticky, and you have to feel like you have to wipe down a seat or something. Yeah, what a bummer that is. Y- you know what I mean? I feel there's a lot of movie theaters and going experience that are like that, and it's just like at that point, nah, I'd rather just stay at home. Yeah, Heck, airlines were getting like that. It's gross. I, I know. It's just kind of like, well, you know, no. Take some pride in this. Make the industry come back alive, because I really don't want to lose Movie theaters, I really don't want to do it. And I don't think we are. I don't think we are either, but I do think that the studios would be terribly remiss if they didn't take advantage of what they've learned during the pandemic by way of charging people quite a lot of money to get an early release of something or a same time as theatrical release of something at home for a limited period of time. Because the bottom line to me is, if, if you take like, the Disney route, you have these subscribers that already pay for Disney Plus, yet for their new movies, you got to buy it for whatever it's 30 bucks. Yeah, I think it's about $30. Right? And it's the same time that it's released in the theaters. I think that's a really good idea because you're going to have people that are willing to pay money to have the comfort of their own home. So why not make the revenue off that? The people that want to go to the movie theaters are going to go. People like me, people like you, we are going to go. Yeah, eventually, yeah. We'll, Absolutely. We'll and it'll be a better experience in the theater, to your point, because the people who really want to be in the theater will be the ones kind of running the you know cumulative show from an audience perspective. Well, and that's interesting that you say that because now that I'm thinking, I go to see the Disney movies and the Pixar movies when they come out in the theaters just as well. And, of course, I don't have any kids. And my, my wife and I went and saw the, the latest Toy Story movie when it, when it came out. I guess now it feels like forever ago. But we went to a 9 o'clock movie or 9.30 or something a lot later because we didn't want to necessarily be there when there's a lot of younger kids and screaming children. And there were still like and there was still one-year-olds there, right? Yeah, there's still kids and their light-up L.A. light shoes or little sparkle light shoes yeah, that terrible. are running up and down the stairs and... Giving the option, especially a more uh, affordable option, to watch the same movie at home without having to bring all those kiddos is much easier for a parent. Yeah, and it would allow the studios, if they play it properly, if they look at this from a, a reasonable business model point of view, over time, they would weed out the people that don't want to deal with the hassle of being in the theater because the poor father who's taking his, you know, young wife or, or the wife is taking her young husband or whoever it is, they don't want to bring their fucking two-year-old. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. They're not exactly. they're not doing that because they want to experience the screaming kid while they're trying to watch a movie. Yeah, They yeah. just want to see the movie. They need a release. So if you can do it at home, you eliminate that you know entire stress factor. Theaters can get a little bit smaller again. Studios make, don't... Make it a, a feel a little bit more yeah, intimate. Yeah, a little more intimate again. Yeah, you know, when I like were kids, the small theaters, how nice it was. You know, they sat like one quarter of what these huge theaters seat. You get the slightly smaller screen, but it doesn't feel small because you're right there in front of it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, it's been fun dropping over here. You know, my glass is a little bit low. I'm thinking we're going to start wrapping this up, but... 
I know we have an awesome guest coming next week. Let's tell tell our listeners about this. We guest. really do. We are so happy next week to welcome Mr. Gene Dinopoli to the show. Gene is New York's number one Elvis tribute artist. He also happens to be a uh, very talented film uh, and television actor, and he is just the most fun, positive guy to talk to. It's going to be a really enjoyable conversation. That's right. You guys are going to want to tune in to hear the amazing Mr. Entertainment Gene Dinopoli next week. And also check out other episodes of the podcast. We have had some fabulous guests. I mean, they're just amazing. Another really shout out to Mommy Tonk for coming on last week. You guys were great. And to all our guests, um, Christina Wells, Kevin Cooney, everyone who's been on the show. Yeah, we love you all. Yeah, we we're love you all. And, and we're leaving anybody out. We're sorry. But we're got episodes every Friday, so we'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out.